Hello and welcome to the FIC podcast where you'll hear teaching and resources for church leaders to help independent churches work together to reach Britain for Christ. The Queen's speech to Parliament in May 2021 announced plans to bring forward legislation to ban conversion therapy. Though there are many practices evangelical Christians should rightly reject as abhorrent, there is also a real threat to ordinary gospel ministry. In this episode, you'll hear FIC National Director John Stevens speaking to Paul Hammond on UCB's Friday Roundup on the 19th of March 2021. For a written biblical response to conversion therapy, see the FIEC website at fiec.org.uk forward slash conversion therapy. We're taking a look back on the week with my guest today. He is John Stevens from FIEC, the Fellowship of Independent Evangelical Churches. And uh, on John's list of topics today is a, uh, an issue that I think has caused a lot of Christians concern this week in terms of a government decision, what the government are going to do, and what implication it might have for us. Lots of denominations I know have been sending out messages to their people and their church leaders uh, to give some thought about this and some prayer to this this and indeed we're going to be chatting around about quarter past 11 so just over half an hour's time we're going to be chatting to the evangelical alliance about this subject and getting more detail from them on what they're doing and what they're calling on us to do to stand alongside them but it is the proposed ban on well it's been called conversion therapy john what's your understanding of this what's your, your take on this this has been a big issue um, this week. It was precipitated. Government has been thinking about um, banning conversion therapy for some time. But um, uh, sort of at the weekend, a lady called Jane Alzan resigned as a government advisor on LGBTQ issues because she felt this wasn't being progressed. The prime minister then assured that it would be progressed. He described conversion therapy as something repulsive and that it needed to be um, sort of banned. And this has led to real concern on the part of Christians. And it's not really concern about the banning of conversion therapy. The idea of conversion therapy is any kind of um, treatment um, that is supposed to enable people to change their sexuality, so to cease uh, being a sort of uh, gay. And, and actually, I think Christians recognise that in the past, um, various kinds of therapies were used um, to try to convert people and change their sexuality mm. that actually Christians would say were unbiblical, wrong and harmful. Mm. So conversion therapy is taken to include things like electric shock therapy, aversive therapy, where you show naked pictures of people of the other sex and you try to teach them to be attracted to the other sex. Forced rape has sometimes been um, uh, used. Um, there's also been exorcism of alleged demons of homosexuality. And I think right thinking Christians would say that those were never biblical practices in the first place, that they are harmful and they ought not to be used because they are harmful to yes, people. Absolutely. The problem is how the government, in sort of, um, in a sense, defines conversion therapy. Because I think the great risk is that it will impact on just ordinary Christian ministry as we seek to help people live for Jesus. So as a pastor of a local church, I've had over my ministry people who've come to me who are Christians who are struggling with issues of same-sex attraction. They want to live for Jesus because they believe that the Bible's teaching is that sex is only appropriate for heterosexual marriage, and they want help in dealing with the temptations that they're experiencing. Now, some of them might describe themselves as gay because they have those temptations. Others would describe themselves as simply same-sex attracted. Mm. 
But as a pastor, I want to help them to be able to resist temptation and live faithfully for Jesus, which in many of their cases will mean living a celibate life. So I, I want to pray with them. I want to be able to share what the Bible teaches to encourage them. I want to tell them what the Bible teaches about the power of the Holy Spirit to help us defeat temptation and live for Jesus. I might want to point them to books that would help them, to the stories of others who've uh, experienced that kind of temptation, to resources like uh, a group called Living Out that helps Christians struggling with same-sex uh, attraction. And the problem is the way the government thinks of conversion therapy or the way that they're seeming to define it would make all of that illegal, which might have the implication that as a pastor, I would be facing criminal action simply for wanting to help somebody who is a Christian member of the church who's wanting help to resist same-sex attractions because they want to live faithfully um, for Jesus. So as much as anything, it's a question of definition. Yeah. And I think the problem is that is that for some of the activists, they really feel that any attempt to help people with same-sex attraction, to resist that attraction, is abusive and harming them and denying their gay identity. But of course, there are plenty of Christians who suffer same-sex attraction who would say, that's not my identity, it's an unwanted feeling that I want to be able to resist in order to be able to live um, for Jesus in, a, in the way that I believe the Bible tells me. So I think the real issue for Christians is this could be a threat to religious liberty. It could be a threat to ordinary pastoral ministry. It could make it very much harder for us to speak about issues of human sexuality in church without potentially being um, uh, sort of uh, branded as criminal or abusive. It will certainly impact on our ability to provide pastoral care for individuals who are, are struggling. And I think that's why it's such a big issue. Of course, one of the things that we do have to recognise is that over the years, the way that we have spoken about this issue of same-sex attraction and the way that we have spoken about the LGBT community and the way that we have, have, have reacted to this subject within church has not always been well thought out, has it? We haven't always reacted with the, the most tactful or, or sensitive phraseology in how we have described people or how we have, have responded to the issue. So you, you can understand why there is this, this sort of desire to, to cover all the bases. But, I mean, what you're describing, it's exactly the same sort of encouragement that would be given to a single heterosexual person about opposite-sex attraction outside of marriage and there has to be a way to to navigate this to find a balance doesn't there i think you're exactly right and as christians one of the reasons why this is very difficult for us to engage in is because we have spoken very badly about homosexuality in the past christians haven't got a good track record of granting other people freedom so we've wanted to um, criminalise homosexuality. We've been restrictive on allowing people uh, to live their lives, um, e even when they're not part of the church and they wouldn't be professing as Christians. We fail to understand the distinction between homosexual practice and the temptations that people have, same-sex attraction. We've not subtly thought about the differences. We've sometimes even denied that there have been people within our own church communities who are struggling with same-sex attraction. So much of this comes against a background of what is perceived to have been the intolerance 
um, uh, of Christians over many generations. And for those who are campaigning for this new law to be introduced, they see it as part of the liberation from a restriction that we've imposed on them. Um, At the same time, I think some of the people at the forefront of it are those who want to redefine Christian teaching. So part of the challenge is the division within Christian Christianity. So there are Christians who want to say the Bible doesn't teach that marriage is only exclusively for heterosexual relationships. And it becomes particularly difficult because some of the most um, vocal voices are people who would say they're Christian, but would say that the Bible doesn't say that homosexual relationships um, are wrong, that they should be accepted. And therefore, they feel personally attacked by Christians who are saying that to follow Jesus means to um, keep sex only for heterosexual marriage. And of course, their voices are very powerful and it fits with the entire victim identity um, uh, sort of culture of today's society. And I suppose Uh, that's why... I suppose contributed to this week as well by the fact that the Vatican has issued an edict um, that that has banned priests from blessing same-sex marriages. Now, for those of us who are within the the life of the church, that comes as no great surprise. But again, it is a a, a piece of messaging that those who are expressing the sort of concerns that you're talking about have jumped all over. Uh, Yeah, I mean, I think that's understandable. Of course, the position of the Vatican is no different from, uh, for example, the Church of England, as it stands at the moment, it's no different from the position of FIEC. Um, And they're not saying that in the secular world, people who are homosexual can't get married, that's provided for uh, by the state. Um, But the church doesn't have to accept that that's legitimate. There are lots of things the church doesn't accept that the state does. So we might, for example, conclude that people where the state says they've been legitimately divorced, the church will say, no, we don't recognise that as valid before God. And the Roman Catholic Church has a very narrow view of when divorce is acceptable. Mm. So in some ways, partly this is about the relationship between church and state and the church having the right to maintain its own doctrines and beliefs in its own area. But the irony of the Roman Catholic Church's position was actually that Elton John pointed out um, in the course of the week that the Roman Catholic Church had actually invested financially in the film Rocket Man, which is the biopic of his life. And the whole story of Rocket Man is about um, uh, sort of Elton John's failed marriage yeah. to a woman and then his ultimate sort of gay marriage to David Furnish. And it does seem extraordinary that the Vatican at one and the same time is condemning blessing same-sex marriages, but then yet making money out of a film um, which is basically speaking about gay marriage. And you kind of think it's that kind of failure on the part of Christians to be consistent that leads to charges of hypocrisy and just makes it altogether more difficult for us to be able to make a winning case for what the Bible teaches and for our freedom to believe and practice what the Bible teaches to be preserved and protected. Thanks for listening to the FIC podcast. For more resources for church leaders, subscribe to this podcast on your favourite podcast app and visit our website at fiec.org.uk.